For the past few decades, we've seen a strong uprise against breaking that stigma surrounding mental health. However, that stigma still continues to live on and affect the lives of many around the world. A negative perception of mental health is deeply embedded within societies across the globe. Join me today as I interview an expert on all about mental health, what goes on in your brains during this disorders, and what are some common misconceptions when it comes to mental health. Hi, I'm Kush Patiotia and you're listening to Edupod Inc.'s podcast. This is episode two of the Mindful of Mental Health series, and I strongly recommend that you check out our first episode to get more in overview regarding the components of mental health, some sorts of treatments, and a basic overview. Let's get into it. Hi, today I'm here with a nurse practitioner, Carolyn Peregrino, and how long have you been working for and uh, what do you do? Yeah, so I am a psychiatric nurse practitioner and I have been working as a a nurse practitioner for about five years. I graduated in 2015, but prior to that I was a psychiatric RN, Mm -hmm. both in inpatient psychiatric services and also outpatient psychiatric services. So I've pretty much been in psychiatry for about 16 years. Wow, that's a long time. It's been a while, yeah. So to skip right into it, what exactly is the difference between anxiety and depression? Because many people tend to put these two disorders together. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So there's a big disti- distinction between anxiety and depression. Anxiety, the list of symptoms based on the DSM-5 includes worrying, thinking too much, feeling like you're on the edge, like something bad's gonna happen. There's also kind of irritability that if something, even a small thing like a cup may be falling, you get so irritable and kind of feel overwhelmed right away. Um, And your concentration is pretty much affected. So that is anxiety. Anxiety, it's a very broad kind of, it has very broad um, category, which includes, you know, um, panic attacks. You know, Mm -hmm. some people may have panic attacks, but this is more of a symptom of physical anxiety. What we call the other part is generalized anxiety, where you, you know, you constantly worry about everything and anything and you just can't stop worrying. And that is very debilitating for the person um, experiencing it now depression is separate from anxiety depression is this it's it affects your mood where you feel sad you feel very down you don't have any energy your motivation is very low a lot of people have described it as you feel like there's something on top of you that's very heavy that you're carrying every single day Mm -hmm. and it slows you down and sometimes people with depression, especially severe depression, it can lead to thoughts of feeling like it's better off that you're dead mm-hmm. because of how badly they feel inside. Um, there is hopelessness. There's also um, a lot of guilt feelings, um, things that maybe they're not really um, to blame for. They blame themselves. So that is depression. And with depression, you would have to have those symptoms all together for about at least two weeks. So what do you believe like what exactly is going on the brain during depression and anxiety and how do antidepressants or medicines work to solve definitely so what happens that we know of right now i mean there's still a lot of things that we don't know about the brain because it's so complex and we can't Mm -hmm. study on someone who's alive right that's very not possible so 
brain is so complex and this is just what we know. What we know is that if, when a person is depressed or having anxiety, there is a change in the chemical balance. And what we're looking at is a chemical serotonin, mm -hmm. norepinephrine, dopamine, and there's a lot of others, but those are the three main um, neurotransmitters that usually gets out of balance. And what we, we think is that there is a decrease of those neurotransmitters. Serotonin affects our mood, our happiness, our relaxation. Norepinephrine kind of just gives us energy. Dopamine gives us kind of motivation and concentration. Mm -hmm. So when there's a decrease of dose, then that's when we think that there might be, that might be what's causing depression. So based on those theory, based on those understanding of the brain, then that's when antidepressants come in. Mm -hmm. What antidepressants do is increase the stimulation of those neurotransmitters in the brain so that there's more kind of of more serotonin, more norepinephrine, more dopamine kind of all over the surface of your brain so that it improves your mood, improves your energy, motivation, concentration, you know, um, and, you know, decrease your anxiety. And I feel like, I'm not sure about this, but like some other cures for like um, these mental disorders are like, I think, therapy. And how does that play a role? Definitely. So therapy is a big it's a big role in you know managing your mood your anxiety because aside from you know the balance in the brain right there's a lot of other reasons why we we feel this way it could be the pressure of school it could be you know what's going on with our parents right there could be sometimes you know trauma that you're going through and these are all kind of um, what it called factors, outside factors, mm -hmm. not brain factors, but outside factors that could be causing us to have these emotions, right? And therapy would be able to help you identify things that you could use in terms of coping with this situation that you're going through, whether it be, you know, schools, pressure with your parents, you know, whatever that may be, therapy can help you identify um, healthy coping tools so that you can manage some of the symptoms so it's a lot easier for you to handle the situation you're faced with. And I think actually, to be honest, therapy should be a part of the curriculum in high school yeah. or middle school because that is really important in life you don't need therapy just because you have depression or anxiety i think every single person should have you know some sort of a mentor or mm -hmm. some sort of someone you know giving them giving them advice on how to be how to you know how to be in high school mm -hmm. or how to handle you know friendships yeah. right because there's there's no one who you know who does that you just get thrown into high school and you swim or you yeah. or you drown so yeah <laughs> that's very true it's kind of like kind of just facing like an experiment like it could go either way yes, definitely definitely so i think it's i think if you're considering if you're having depression you're having anxiety and you're not sure is this a disorder or not better see someone like a therapist first and you know have them evaluate what what they think is going you're going through and if they think that you know maybe you need medication it it just depends some people need medication some people don't um if you have genetic predisposition meaning you have family members who has depression it sometimes most of the time it gets passed on mm -hmm. so if you are genetically predisposed you may need medication it just really depends on on an individual basis so sometimes the people around me in my environment and like the school that I go to, I see, and even sometimes with me, like, uh, we tend to be sad for like 
two three days and it's like this time period where you feel really depressed and sometimes you don't even know the true cause of it like sometimes i feel depressed for no reason Mm -hmm. so would that be characterized as depression right i think when we use the word depression very loosely to mean sadness um Mm -hmm. depression is a a um, list of symptoms that you experience that i mentioned earlier and it's called depression disorder right and it becomes a disorder so emotions uh let, let me backtrack so emotions are normal being sad, being anxious about, you know, say taking a test, of course, that's a normal emotion, being irritable sometimes, situation comes as a normal emotion. It becomes a mental disorder if it affects your quality of life, mm-hmm. if it affects your functioning, if it affects your relationship, then it becomes a disorder. So sometimes when we get, you know, three days of sadness, you don't know where it's coming from. It could be hormones, it could be a lot of things. You didn't wake up right, or you had a bad nightmare. Those are normal, normal emotions. But if it gets to a point where it's happening every single week, and then it's also severe to the point that those three days, you're not going to school. You know, it also depends on the severity and the intensity of the sadness you're experiencing for it to be diagnosed as a disorder. Yeah, and I feel like that goes back to one of my questions about, like, what's that fine line between just feeling sad and having depression, like Mm -hmm. the disorder? And I feel like that's also very important because sometimes we don't realize when we're crossing that line. Yes, yes. So uh, the fine line is those two things. Is one, if it's lasting, to be diagnosed with major depressive disorder, it has to be experiencing that sadness, um, low motivation, low energy, not enjoying a lot of things, low interest, guilt feelings, sometimes suicide and hopelessness, kind of, not all of them, but you know, most of those symptoms you're experiencing at an intense level, that it affects affects your ability to function mm-hmm. where the things that you're supposed to do whether for adults go to work it affects that you know they don't want to go to work um, their ability to take care of their you know their children they can't you know their ability to take care of themselves they can't because it's just it's just very intense and for you guys um, in your age group it's the same thing and you would see um, probably you know um, high schoolers who don't want to go to school because of the severe depression because it's like what's the use why why am i going to go to school for and plus they would not be able to concentrate because it's just like feeling really heavy you know um to to go to school so that's where it becomes a disorder is when you experience it intensely and for at least two weeks and um you're having you know sometimes even if it's less but you're having thoughts of killing yourself Mm -hmm. because that's not a normal thing to think about you may sa- you may be sad those are normal emotions but if you start to think about being hopeless and killing yourself that that's likely depression yeah and that's not that's not something that we would say as normal you know teenage thought mm-hmm. yeah. and i'd like to tie that into the like one of my other questions which was like how is anxiety and depression diagnosed by like doctors and nurses mm-hmm. because i mean i feel like another misconception like we talked about this before mm-hmm. but sometimes people believe that like these mental disorders they don't have like a physical toll on us and i feel like sometimes that's not true like people do observe like headaches 
or like migraines and stuff when they're going through depression and anxiety oh definitely so if you think about it remember depression and anxiety is um it's the brain right mm-hmm. that's that there's there's a chemical imbalance in the brain and sometimes for children and for some people they don't recognize it as sadness or anxiety but it, it, it manifests as physical symptoms although in the dsm-5 that's not part of the criteria that we say okay you have a migraine that's part of the depression sometimes we think that it could be tied to that mm-hmm. um, especially if you're not eating well you know you're not taking care of yourself then it's likely but that's not really part of the criteria for diagnosing you know major depressive disorder um, like what I said, diagnosing major depressive disorder, those symptoms that I mentioned earlier, and you should be experiencing it for two weeks plus impaired ability to function. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing with generalized anxiety disorder is this worrying, intense worrying. You're always feeling keyed up. You always feel like something bad's going to happen. Um, your brain goes from one thing after another, like say you lost a pen. I know this is very my note, but you lost a pen. And you're freaking out you lost your pen and you're like oh my god then i'm not gonna be able to test for it and if i don't test and i'm gonna fail high school and if i fail high school i'm gonna fail college and then i'm gonna fail at life but it only started with a pen mm-hmm. and that's what anxiety and that's what anxiety does to us it kind of catastrophizes and so then when you're at that point where you feel like oh my god i'm gonna fail at life then you go back to the present and say okay then it's hopeless Mm. And that, you know, that is severe anxiety. So another question we wanted to ask um, is why is mental health so important to take care of? And because, like, what's the whole purpose? Like, why are we talking about this right now? Yeah. All right. So it's really important because if you think about it, the brain is one of the biggest organs in our body right and just like the liver just like the kidneys just like you know pancreas it does get sick right and it's a normal not a normal thing but it's we understand that so the brain given that it keeps us alive keeps our heart beating keeps keeps us seeing something uh you know um keeps us you know hearing things and talking thinking i mean sometimes it does get sick Mm -hmm. so it's really important that we take care of our mental health just like you know um what we know in psychiatry is there's uh chemical changes that happen when it changes our mood and it's affected by a lot of things could be stressors could be hormones um could be illness medical specific medical illness that could cause you know some some chemical changes in our brain we do accept really well that you know sometimes people have uh, problems with their insulin and that causes diabetes so we get treatment for that the problem is we we forget that sometimes the brain given that it's our central processing unit also gets sick and sometimes gets its chemical out of balance that causes us to have depression causes us to have anxiety causes us to have like psychosis and it's really important to recognize that it is an organ that sometimes that happens and that means it needs treatment just like if you have diabetes and you or have out of balance in your insulin and needs treatment. Mm-hmm. That's why it's really important. The other thing is mental health. If you do not take care of your mental health, it's going to be difficult for you to take care of yourself. 
that's for sure because if you have depression you have anxiety um, your motivation is going to be low you're probably not going to exercise or you don't care about what you eat or choosing healthy diet you probably don't have the energy to go to school or do things that you want to do for your future um, you probably don't want to you know be around people because you're so on edge or having a lot of anxiety or just feeling like there's no future for you so why even bother mm -hmm. so that affects not just you know um, physically, health-wise, but also how, you know, your future, right? Yeah. It also affects how you relate to people. So if you're isolating a lot because of the depression, then it's probably going to be difficult for you to communicate what your needs are with your parents. Um, if you're always on edge, then it's going to be hard for you to concentrate at school, mm -hmm. right? If you're you, looking at your homework, you probably don't have the motivation to do your homework because it's like, I'm just feeling really sad and I'm not enjoying anything. Yeah. So that affects pretty much your whole well-being if you do not take care of your mental health. Mm -hmm. And I feel like nowadays that we've seen that like many children and teens, especially if they're depressed or like have anxiety, but parents don't understand how big of an issue this is mm -hmm. and how it's hurting their children in the long run. Definitely. And I think for teenagers right now, especially you guys, there's just so many pressure coming at you compared to where it was, you know, 30 years ago when I was in high school. Yeah. It's just school friends and homework and you know that's it simple but now there's social media there's a lot of pressure to be well there's a lot of self-pressure to be the best that you can be to be as thin as you can be to look the best that you can mm -hmm. right because you see it on your feed you know so people are doing this there's bullying i mean right now studies are showing that there's more suicide rates compared yeah. to before it should be getting better because we're having a lot more programs but why is it going higher right mm -hmm. and your age group is you know um it's um your age group is very high risk for suicide mm -hmm. and it's it's because of a lot of things i mean drugs being one of them you know some people who have anxiety or some some of your age group who has anxiety depression resort to drug use including marijuana and usually that's where they start and that's actually the worst thing that you can do for your brain you know at this point in time and i know a lot of people would say oh it's just marijuana it's natural totally fine it's legal anyway just like alcohol alcohol mm -hmm. It's legal, right? But it is still toxic to your brain, especially for a growing brain. And right now, as an adolescent up to the age of 25, you're growing is your brain is growing at the fastest rate ever. Yeah. And if you use drugs that's very potent to your brain, like marijuana or alcohol, then you could permanently change how your brain works. Mm -hmm. And I've seen teenagers, unfortunately, who have used marijuana a lot. Uh, frequently that, that it caused them serious mental illness that's irreversible yeah and I think that's one you know the message that I want to put out there that you take care of your mental health not by using drugs you just make things worse mm -hmm. and I feel like it's very important that like parents also keep like a tab on their children because if most of the times these children or like these teenagers they're depressed and or they have anxiety but they can't reach out to their parents because they're not understanding about it and not either to counselors or like nurse practitioners mm -hmm. like you because they feel embarrassed mm -hmm. you know like admitting that mm -hmm. they think that something might be wrong with them and instead they go to their friends and that often leads to these drug usages exactly and because of that we're getting like such high suicide rates like you said and also because of that i feel like there's this really big misconception 
out there that marijuana is fine, that that it's okay, it's illegal, it's sorry, that it's legal. Mm-hmm. I it's not gonna do anything to me, and that's like you said, it's mm-hmm. such a big lie, and that's the worst thing you can do. Definitely the worst thing that you can do, and I think um, with parents nowadays, especially. Um, you know, with there's a stigma in mental illness, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mental illness is not real. Therefore, if uh, you know a teenager child, teenager daughter or son comes to me and I'm a parent and they said I'm feeling depressed and you know the worst thing that you can do for that child is tell him oh you're fine don't worry about it and you know make them feel that what they're feeling is not real and so because they feel like they've been shut down they would go to someone else like their teenage friend too Mm -hmm. who may have the same kind of incorrect information about you know treating treating what they're experiencing it's really important um, for us parents to remind ourselves that you know our children are going through so much pressure right now and one last thing that we could do for them is to pressure them to to do it's of course we want them to do the best that they can but there's always going to be a balance you don't push your kid to get A's and 4.5 in the meantime their mental health is suffering and they want to kill themselves Mm -hmm. you know because they want to get that and that's the worst thing that we can do as parents since mental um, health and mental disorders is kind of not been so touched upon in our society as much as it was before, or I feel like now it's we're talking more about yes. it, but like before we wouldn't talk much mm-hmm. about it. But what is a popular misconception people have about mental disorders? Definitely, there's a lot, and I'm going to touch on two. One is people think it's very rare mm-hmm. that, you know, not many people have it. And two is people think it's because of your weakness of character. You know, that it's just because you're weak, your character is, you know, um, not strong enough. So that's why you have mental illness. And those are not true. It's not rare. It's 40 million people in the United States have mental illness. That's a lot. And if you think about it, it's one in five. Mm -hmm. So if there's 30 people in your classroom, one in five of your classmates are suffering from mental illness. If they haven't, then they will, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, it's, it's out there. We just don't talk about it. And I think it's really important to not stigmatize ourselves. If you're having hard time, just like if you're having, if you have cancer, we, people talk about it. I have cancer. And the thing is, you know, they get, you know, the compassion right away, which is understandable. But when people say that I have anxiety, I have depression, I have schizophrenia, then they don't get the same kind of compassion. That's why there's not a lot of people who talk about it. But if you want to make a change, you have to begin with yourself and not stigmatize yourself and say, hey, I do experience this and this is not who I am. I've seen a lot of people recover from mental illness, depression, and anxiety, um, and it's not a weakness of character. You know, a lot of people sometimes with depression and anxiety, they're very successful people. They've created businesses. Um, They're in Hollywood, right? Um, They have, you know, CEOs I've met who has, you know, mental illness, depression, bipolar, and it doesn't mean that that defines who they are. It just means just like diabetes, just like cancer, they are, they get affected. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not something to do with their character. I feel like that kind of reminds me of this important quote for me and it's like sometimes people cry not because they're weak but because they've been too strong for too long 
and I feel exactly. like that's exactly what's been going on exactly. with so many people around us. You you actually nailed it, nailed it in the head. That is so true. A lot of the strongest people sometimes get depression because they've been known to be the one who can take care of everything. Mm-hmm. But just like just like a pole, like a very strong pole, you you put hurricane hurricane. That pole will go down, yeah. right? So that's usually what happens. Sometimes you may be the strongest person in your family, but you went through multiple debts. Um, you went through divorce. You lost your job. You know, you go into a perfect storm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you would fall. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that's who you are. It's just that the hurricane came, and it's not something that you have expected, and and that's what happens to us. So it's 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 not rare, and it's not a weakness of character. It, it does not define who you are. Mm-hmm. So those were all my findings from my interview with nurse practitioner Carolyn Peregrino. This was a very intense topic to cover, and this would be the last episode of a mindful a mental health series. However, it is very important that we consider the impact that each of us have in the society and in the world that we are living in. Whether it comes to us being victims of these mental health disorders or us just being friends who want to help one another. It is important that each of us take a step to help the people around us and create a change and create an impact on the society that we are a part of. I hope all of you guys were able to learn some new concepts and clarify some of the misunderstandings when it comes to talking about mental health. It is not something to be looked down upon and I hope in the future we can give it the same recognition that other diseases and disorders are given in society. Until then, please take care and stay safe.